It's been happening twice every weekday. A circle of students, faculty and staff gather for a moment of reflection. Once at 10 in the morning, again at three in the afternoon. They come to Kihu Watson for daily smudging circles. Welcome to Clock Radio. I'm Stephanie Sparks. We sat down with two staff members from Kihu Watson, McEwen University's Indigenous Education Center, to learn about smudging, a ceremony that acts as a grounding moment of self-reflection, a connection to family and culture, and a way for our Indigenous students to feel at home. I'm Megan Alexis. I'm the admin assistant at Kihu Watson. My name is Kisun O'Dell. I'm one of the student advisors slash recruiters at Kihu Watson. Kihu Watson, which means Eagle's Nest in Cree, is the name of McEwen's Indigenous Education Center. The name was chosen by the center's elder in residence, Rick Lightning. What he wanted the message to be was that uh, it's a home away from home for students and they're the little eagles that come to the nest. And using a Cree word is really a way of using our language and showing who we are as people as well. Using language, it's the foundation for how you look at your worldview, how you interact with each other. And so it's important for people to know that this language is on this land and a part of our center. Smudging is a practice that can differ from nation to nation and from person to person. Keaston offered some context behind his understanding of smudging practices at McEwen. So when I tell stories or tell knowledge about Indigenous culture, it doesn't strictly come from me. It comes from my family in Paso, my grandfather, my musham, my mother, my great-grandparents, my chapons. And also when I'm talking about smudging and I'm talking about our practices, I'm coming from a Cree perspective, specifically from Frog Lake because people in different reserves or different nations do things differently as well. So when I talk about smudging here, it comes from a Cree perspective, male Cree perspective from Frog Lake. And so smudging, the story goes that when the creator Gisimanitu made the earth, he asked all of the plants and animals, what is your gift that you're giving? How are you going to make the world a great place? And so one of the things that the sage and sweetgrass said is that I will carry the thoughts and prayers up towards the creator and so when you see that smoke coming up, it's actually carrying your thoughts, prayers, and everything that you need up there as well. Then a lot of times we also use rocks in ceremony, or people will put sage on a rock. And the same thing, the rock said, I'll be the eyes, ears, and mouth of the creator as well. So because there's rocks everywhere, right? That there's always the creator listening and always hearing your prayers all the times as well. And he'll translate those for you, and he'll listen for you as well. So... When we're talking and the rock hears us, he'll translate those prayers for the creator for us. Megan shared a different cultural context for smudging. I'm I'm not um, Cree. I'm Stony. I'm from Alexis, Nakota Sioux Nation. Everything that he was taught is basically what I've learned, just in different ways of being taught through my Muggishins um, and Mitoshins, my grandmas and grandpas, my um, my mom and my dad. There are several medicine plants that can be used for smudging, including sage, sweet grass, cedar, and diamond willow fungus. When we say um, smudge uh, in Stony is uh, waza kabin, that is all four of the um, me medicines put together and used with uh, within ceremonies. Um, sage is more uh, for for uh, women's use when they're on their moon time because we cannot touch any of other medicines. We believe that it's a, a disrespect to the spirits of the medicines and ourselves. So to keep our energy uh, balanced within Mother Earth and ourselves and with Waka, um, which is the creator in Sony, uh, we use sage to cleanse our mind, body, and spirit when we're on our moon time. When Keiston leads a smudging circle or teaches someone how to smudge, he begins by placing sage onto a rock. The people who are participating in the smudge arrange themselves in a circle, 
and the person at the easternmost point, the sun rises in the east, lights the sage. And so that's where the day comes from, everything positive. And then you go in a clockwise direction because that goes with Mother Nature as well. So you're going with the creator. You're cupping your hands and you're sort of lifting that smoke up onto your body rather than just sort of leaning over it and waving it. And again, different people use different ways, right? But the way I do it is sort of cupping that smoke and lifting it over your head and then up onto your mouth and into your ears and then down your body and to your heart. The smoke acts as a kind of spiritual shower, a chance to ground yourself and recharge with positive energy. If you were to um, wash your hands with water and bring up mm -hmm. water to cleanse your body, clean your body, so you're washing away all the negativity and to um, absorb all the positivity um, energy from the smudge. So, you know, washing your hands, washing your arms, bringing it up, like you said, over your head, your ears, your eyes, your mouth, and your heart, and then you can even um, put it down on the ground and smudge your feet so that, you know, you're praying that you walk on the right path and if you're to ever stray from that path, that the creator brings you back to that path that you need to go on. They would tell me, my great-grandmother, that you would smudge your mouth so you'd say good things and that you'd have a good voice. And it's also called your thunder. And so your voice is your thunder. And so you'd have good words and you'd say good words and then you'd smudge your ears as well. So you hear good things. You take in those positive thoughts. And the same thing with everything else, right? Your eyes, your head, um, your heart. So you feel good things going there. So it's really a way of reminding yourself to take in positive things as well in your body and send out positive prayers or any help that you may need to. Kihu Watson has a stockpile of medicine used for smudging, more than enough to last the whole year. All of this sage was picked by Keiston and his family. When you pick sage or sweetgrass and stuff like that, you have to put down tobacco and say prayers as well. It's not something that sort of rip it out of the ground and start using it, right? So all the sage that we have at the center as well, I personally picked with my cookum, my my cookums and my mother and my fiance as well, we all went out and gave tobacco. And then when I was asking the elders, they asked what the sage is for. And I said, it's for our students and it's for McEwen. So when we were picking it the whole time, you would say and think this is for our students. This is to ground them, to make them healthy, to pray, to send out good thoughts every time they use this as well. Gathering a year's worth of sage was a lot of work, but it was also an opportunity for Keiston to spend time with his family and learn more about his culture. I was definitely a really, really long day with my grandmother and my mom and my fiance as well. And we spent complete hours out there. And then all of them, I offered everybody tobacco as well. And it was really just a great way to spend the day together, like going out there. And then they were sharing their stories about it, um, tell me the Cree names for the medicine. Because a lot of times with this indigenous knowledge, it needs to be performed or actually done. Really, it wasn't just picking, it was learning about indigenous culture at the same time, learning these teachings. So definitely I, we have whole ton of sage, yeah, <laughs> and a ton of sweet grass as well, I think more than enough right now. Smudging is history ingrained in action. Each time Keiston lights Kihu Watson's sage, he is reminded of the time he spent with his family gathering medicine. The sage is a connection to home, a memento of his family three hours away in Frog Lake, and a symbol of the work that his loved ones put into the process. It's really nice to have that sage with me, reminding me of my mom and my grandmother about that great day we had together, so it's just a personal reminder if I'm ever getting lonely up here. Megan remembers the first time she picked sweet grass with her grandmother. I went outside, pulled out this big bundle of grass from um, in the bush there, and I brought it to my grandma, and I said, look, Maggie Shane, I got um, sweet grass, and she's like, oh, good job, and she's laughing. She showed my grandma, they're all laughing, and, the, and then that's when they decided that they're going to show me how you identify sweet grass. 
and how to pick it. Megan's first attempt at picking sweetgrass left her feeling a little disappointed, at least at first. I was really dissatisfied with how much I picked because they picked so much and it took me forever. Like we were there from the morning till the sun went down and I felt bad and my grandma's told me, no, it's, that's good. This is your first time. This is, this is what you're doing for yourself and for your family to pray for your family. After picking the sweet grass, the next step is to braid it. We basically clean off any dry weeds or whatever and put it in a bundle, tie the top with um, a part of the, the sweet grass and, and braid it. And then while we're braiding it, you say a prayer. It takes a long time to learn how to braid sweet grass, and Megan's first attempt wasn't perfect. I couldn't braid straight. Like, my grandma's were like, perfect braid. And my braid, I was, it was like all this way, and then the grass was sticking out, and I'm like, it looks funny. And my grandma explained the reason why you braid it is because it shows patience. It shows um, respect for, for um, picking from Mother Earth and, you know, braiding her hair and um, using it for, for your self-cleanse and your family and everything. For Keiston, smudging is a way to reflect, give thanks and prepare for the day ahead. When I smudged earlier, I was thanked for really the self-reflection, this beautiful day, woke up healthy, I'm happy, pray, um, send out my thoughts and that sage that carries those up towards the creator as well. And then I was given a presentation earlier today with that sage and so I was asking for strength and telling my stories and asking for strength about talking about these issues I'm bringing up. University students face all kinds of daily challenges. For Keiston, smudging was one way that he managed his stress level during the school year. I was a student here, and so it was really nice for me to go to the center and be able to smudge there. School can get stressful sometimes, and that sweet grass and sage really calm me down and helps me ground myself as well. Like I said, I like to smudge before presentations, and so really grounding yourself and giving yourself that self-reflection so I know midterm season, essay season, or even if they're looking for just some self-reflection, I think it's important for students to come in and again, ground themselves here right at the university. Keiston also appreciates that smudging is a cultural practice that he can take with him wherever he goes. It's nice to carry your culture anywhere you can rather than pockets of places. Even if I'm at home, I'm at the university, I'm in my car, I'm in Frog Lake, that there's a continuity in my culture, right, and in my upbringing and ground myself no matter where I'm at. If you're interested in trying smudging for yourself, you can drop by Kihu Watson and learn more about the ceremony. Everyone is welcome. We do have um, the smudge available for anybody that wants to come in and smudge with, um, themselves. If you want help, we, uh, myself, Kison, or one of the other um, team members at our, our center could assist and help you and show you how to smudge. And um, it's open to anybody that wants to come and smudge. It's definitely open. Uh, all that seizure was picked for, you know, the university anybody wants to come in. Keiston and Megan both say there's no need to feel intimidated or nervous to learn more about smudging. Kihu Watson is an incredible, accessible way to learn more about Indigenous culture, and it's right here on campus. I'd say our entire culture is inclusive. Absolutely everybody from the university or even outside of the university, I'd say, if they want to come smudge or learn. Um, it's great because access to Indigenous culture is, it's hard to access sometimes, like you have to go to places or go to ask people and then really figure out all these different things and to have that accessibility right here to absolutely anybody is great and it's really accessible, yeah, again, <laughs> to anybody. People are afraid to say something wrong, to offend 
um, indigenous people and our culture. But I think having an open mind about it and, and coming forward and being able to express that you do want to um, obtain this knowledge and, and have access to it, it's important. It's hard to ask questions about other cultures. It requires that you make yourself vulnerable, that you're willing to make a few mistakes. When people are willing to do that, Keystone has nothing but respect. The amount of faculty, students, everyone, staff who's showing up and um, just asking us questions, uh, it's actually been really, really nice and really amazing. Yeah, like uh, some faculty came up and were like, oh, some students were asking me questions about our Indigenous students here. I don't know. Can you help me out with this knowledge? And then I was, I was like, that's awesome. You recognize that you didn't know something and you want to learn. I mean, it's, it's absolutely great and it makes me really happy and it's... I think it makes all of us happy. Yes, yeah, I'm really does. glad. As Megan and Keeson teach us about smudging, they both say that they're learning more about their own culture from their elders. We're all learning together, even the most knowledgeable among us. In some ways, it's a bit like academia. You're learning from professors who know more than you do about a subject, but they're also researching and learning every day. I'm still up obtaining a lot of my teachings and cultures from my um, grandmothers and grandfathers and being... Um, Indigenous woman, there's, you know, continuous learning about, you know, everything about our past, about our future, about what our people are and, and who we are. Um, so it's just, it's just continuing. Like, we are open-minded to, you know, show people what we know and tell them what we can. But going to an elder, seeking an elder's uh, advice and knowledge is also important. And then when it comes to Indigenous knowledge and practices, it is about lived experience as well, right? And so it's really important if you want to learn smudging to come experience it as well and then see what it's all about or um, going to a powwow or if you're really interested in going to a sweat lodge and stuff like that as well, right? So it is lived experience and I'd say that's the best way to really learn. Talk Radio is a production of McEwen University. Special thanks to Keiston and Megan. Alumnus Doug Hoyer wrote the theme music. The episode was produced by Tyler Butler. One of the questions we've been asking at McEwen is, how is the university going to respond to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action? Read about what indigenizing education means at mcewen.ca slash time to listen. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or tell a friend about this podcast. We'll be back next month with a new episode.